Okay. I, um, this will probably be over this week and next week. This message called, It's a Red Letter Day. I, uh, we have a little slide of that. We can go ahead and put that up. A friend. There we go. It's a red letter day. How many of you have ever heard this phrase? It's a red letter day. Yeah, yeah. Good many of us have. Um, when you hear this phrase, what comes to your mind? Just, just speak it out. Huh? Blood. Okay, blood. It's a red letter day. Uh, anything else that comes to your mind? What it might mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, Jennifer. The words of Jesus in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? When you hear the term, boy, or someone said, you know, I've had a red letter day. Special day, special day, uh, significant day to remember. That's good. That's good. You're it's still working this morning, Bob. <laughs> Even at your age, it's amazing. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a day of significance, a day of importance, a day that you want to remember. Um, I, I remember years ago, especially when they printed, when they print some of the calendars, uh, if there was a holiday or whatever, uh, that particular day on the calendar will be printed in red. Any of you remember those calendars? Just me, maybe. Whatever. Okay. Must some of us older ones. All right. But also, you know, we, we see things like in, in the Bible, uh, the words of Jesus were printed in red, uh, uh, signifying the importance of what was being said. Um, in the Cambridge English Dictionary, how about that? It, it, the definition was a very special, happy, and important day that you will always Remember, always remember. Now, all of us sit here this morning, and we have ex- probably somewhere along in our life experienced what we would look, go back on and experience. Boy, that was a red-letter day, you know. And I, I think that it is significant that, you know, the color red, you know, color red, we, we think about the, the importance of what Jesus did for us, shedding his blood for us. And, uh, but just the color red. I think it's one reason why um, you think about it, that when they, they decided what color a stop sign should be, uh, they chose the color red. Uh, when you look at red, it kind of kind of comes out to you. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't decide on powder blue, you know, or canary yellow, or like mauve, whatever mauve is. <laughs> I probably, did I pronounce that totally wrong? Okay, okay, okay. But, but they chose the, the color red because it, it gets your attention, doesn't it? I gotta tell you a story, funny story, that, uh, this was about a month and a half ago, whatever. Uh, I, I had, I had uh, a little bit extra time in the day and so I decided to go to an afternoon movie and just kind of relax and go see a, a movie that I've been wanting to see. And, and, uh, so I got out. It was about five o'clock. 4.30 or 5 o'clock from the movie. And uh, the day was just one of those days about a month or so ago. It was like in the 70s. You know, remember those days? And uh, it's hard to remember right now, I know. Uh, but 
But it was just a beautiful day. Oh, my gosh. It was late in the afternoon. The sky was just so, so blue. And there had been a couple of jets that had been flying in the sky, and they left a stream behind them, you know, that white kind of cloud stream behind them. It was beautiful. The sun was late, kind of late in the day. It was so huge and so bright. And so I just kind of noticed it, and I went to get in my car, and I looked again, and I thought, oh, my gosh. The sun is amazing. It is so red. It is so amazing. And then I looked again, and it was a stop sign. And so uh, <laughs> I don't know how in the world I did that. But it's one of those moments that you look around, hopefully nobody saw you, nobody heard you. You know, you know I'm thinking, look at that sun. It's amazing. Oh, it's a stop sign, Doug. So, um, but just uh that color red is amazing. Um, but I, w- I want to talk a little bit today about when God, sa- when God thinks about you and thinks about a red-letter day, you know, what, 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 are, what is the thing that he thinks about? Uh, I think Rife will really begin to kind of step into this a little bit about the vision that he places in your heart. The vision, the dream that he places in your heart. How many of you know that's really important to God? How many of you know that it's a delight to him to put his vision, the thing that he has dreamt for you, the thing that he's thought about for you, the thing that even before you were born, God said, you know, this, this here, you know, is for you. And when God begins to breathe that into your life and bring that into your life, it's a very big deal. It's a very important day when you think about that. And, you know, we're beginning to talk about the vision that's in the house here, casting the vision uh, of, of our new service beginning in two weeks now. And, uh, and you know, it's a big thing. It's a huge thing because we, we, we took over a year or more praying over this as the, the leaders, the pastors, the elders in the house here, to say, God, is this what you want us to do? And, and we really are just thrilled and excited because we believe that we're stepping into, for our church, a red-letter day. We really believe that. Stepping into something important because it's just not about the church, but it's about you because you're going to be a part of that. You're going to be a part of what God is going to be doing here not just on Sunday mornings, but also as he births something new in the afternoons and, and he adds to that congregation and people have the opportunity to serve and to do things. I tell you, it, it's a red-letter day that when God puts something within you, like I, I think Ben and Jess, you know, we've been talking to them about the young professional and they're thrilled, they're excited, but you know, there was a moment when God spoke something to them and put something in their heart and said, this, this is what I have for you to do. This is what I want you to put your hand to and to do. That when you begin to just, you receive that and you begin to walk and step into that out of obedience, it's a huge thing. It's an amazing thing because out of them will will flow the giftings and the abilities and the anointings and all that is necessary to walk in that place and to lead that ministry because God has put something within them. God has put something there. 
I remember when I first stepped into ministry, it was down in Georgia, in Brunswick, Georgia, St. Simons Island, Georgia area, and I was to be the youth pastor there. I had never done youth ministry before, and uh, I remember the first day being called to the pastor's office, really excited because I'm thinking, okay, this is awesome. This is great. He's going to mentor me in youth ministry. He's going to walk with me. I'm just going to follow him like a little puppy, you know, and, and it's going to be great because I'm going to learn from him. He's a seasoned minister. He's a great guy. He's, he's built a, an amazing church. What a privilege to be able to do that. And I, and I got in there and I sat down and, uh, and he said, Doug, we're really excited about, you know, you doing youth ministry. And I said, yeah, I am too. And I said, so tell me, you know, what's your vision? What do you want me to do? And he said, he said, well, that's why we hired you. He said, you're supposed to have the vision. You're supposed to know what to do. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I best, I best go pray, you know. <laughs> But I know that when God calls us into something, he, he, he does that. Um, I remember years ago, I, I, I'd been involved in youth ministry for probably eight, ten years. I was the world's oldest youth pastor alive, you know. And, uh, and then I started doing in college ministry and, and working with college students and really loved that and did that for about another ten years. You know, but during that time, I began to pray and say, Lord, is this what you want me to do for the rest of my life? Or w- what is it? And uh, I- I'm open to whatever you want me to do, Father. And I-, I still remember this. This was in August of 1993. I was in the Philippines. I had taken a team of college students into Guam and into the Philippines to do ministry on college campuses. And we were, we were doing a, a huge conference in the Philippines. And one of the, the, it was on a Saturday afternoon. I was still, and, 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 and the, the speaker was talking about, you know, stepping into your dream, stepping into your destiny. And I'm like, God, I, I really don't, you know, I know what I'm doing now. I, I love doing what I'm doing now, but I don't know for the future what that might be. And so, so he encouraged everybody. Take the next 30 minutes and just get before the Lord. And so I, I still remember I'm, I'm, I'm kneeling down with my arms and, and, and just on the, the seat in front of me. And, and I'm just crying out to God. I said, God, I, I just, Lord, I, I just, I feel like there's something more. I, I, I'm not sure. Show me, God, show me. And it was one of those moments and times when God, brings his gift of vision to you. And I'll tell you that that vision from the Lord comes from his heart. It doesn't come from his mind. It comes out from his heart, and it's a gift. It's a gift that he gives to every one of us. Because every one of us should have vision on the inside of us. And so, uh, and so I, I, I'm, I'm there for the Lord, and I still remember this, that there came a hand on my shoulder, but there was nobody there. <laughs> that gets your attention. Not only was there a hand on my shoulder, but I heard this voice. And it was just, just as clear if I'm sitting here, standing here, and Manuel would say something to me. You know, just as clear as that. 
And, and the voice was, Doug, I have called you to be a pastor. You know, now in 1993, that was seven years before I stepped into what we started here. So it was seven years. But God put that within my heart, and I knew that I knew that I knew. And I look back for me, and it was a red-letter day for me. It really was. Now, I'm excited for our church because I believe that we are walking into one of many red-letter days for us. I really believe that. You know, I believe just as something shifted for Terry, I believe not only shifted for Terry, but something is shifting for our entire church. And I believe that the, the part of that is beginning something new in two weeks on February 28th while the Jacksons are with us, beginning that time of a second service, you know, to begin to provide a, a choice for people. That, that some people that might like to come out and be a part of an afternoon service instead of a morning service. Also create more room on a Sunday morning, hopefully, that we can continue to grow our Sunday morning service as well growing our Sunday afternoon service too at 4.30, at 4 o'clock. But the most exciting thing to me is that it's providing more opportunities for you to walk into your dream and walk into your vision. I remember the first element of my dream years ago because I wanted, I, you know, I felt like I just wanted to serve God. God, whatever it is. It wasn't like, okay, God, it's got to be full-time ministry. It's just like, God, I, you've done so much in my life. You have just done so many amazing things in my life, God, that, man, I, I just I want to serve you. It, it could be anything. And when you say anything, to God, you have to you have to be careful now, okay? Because God will say, "Well, hey, I've been waiting for that. So, what about this?" And so, God immediately put in my heart, "They need help in the nursery." God will say, "Well, hey, I've been waiting for that. So, what about this?" And so, God immediately put in my heart. They need help in the nursery. And it's just like, I, it was like, you know, sometimes when God brings your red letter day, you don't see it as your red letter day. You know what I mean? You don't notice it as your red letter day. You know, it was more like, man, I just bind the devil in the name of Jesus, you know. I just tear down the strongholds of those lies and suggestions. But, you know, it, it really was what God wanted me to do. And so for several years, I worked in the nursery. I changed poopy diapers. I, 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 you know, I rocked babies to sleep. But that's where something was needed. And I realized now, as I look back, that was a part of my dream. I didn't know it was. Didn't know changing diapers would be a part of my dream. But it really did because it taught me to, it, it, it really taught me to serve regardless whatever. And so, you know, one of the things that we are asking you to pray about is that as we begin this evening service or afternoon service, some of you may feel like, you know, that that's where I want to be a core part of that. You know, I want to kind of help be the beginning 
of launching that here in Richmond. And so I want to come and I want to be a part and be a part of the, that congregation, you know. But the thing about it is that we're going to need people to serve. And, um, and we're not calling them volunteers, all right? Uh, uh, we, we've changed. We, we're asking you if you want to be a part of a dream team, all right? Want to be a part of a dream team. And, and God's going to show you something very <clears throat> practically to serve in. And that's his, that's right, right then and there, that's his dream for you. And we're, and we're going to, we're going to build dream teams in our church here. It may be with ushers and greeters. It may be children's ministry. It may be altar ministry here. It may be helping out with the, the projection or sound or worship or whatever. It may be a number of things, but we want you to pray about many of you have already. Many of you have began to say, this is what I feel like I can commit to. You know, I may, I may be a part of the Sunday morning service congregation, but I will commit one Sunday a month to be a part of the afternoon group, be a part of the afternoon congregation and to sow into some area and be able to be a part of a dream team. And so we've got a, um, another sign up sheet this morning, as always. There's no end to sign up sheets. Okay. And we've got a number of things, areas that you could help. But if you would commit to one Sunday a month in the afternoon to help as we get started with this, uh, it may be the beginning of your red-letter day. It may be the beginning of a dream, a vision that God will have for you. So I'm just going to pass around as I continue to, to share my message here this morning and uh, continue forth with this, okay? And um, so... Just uh, if, if something comes to your heart, you see some of the areas that you can, you can serve in, just put your name down and we'll, we'll get a hold of you. There's a great quote that I came across by Graham Cook here. It's been up here for a little bit. And I love this. It says, God sees you in a very special and particular way. He calls you to rise up to his vision and perception of you. Man, how powerful that statement is. God can plant vision before you, and he can plant vision within you, but it's your response to that, the response to that dream, that vision, that calling that God puts upon you. You have to rise up. You have to rise up to the very thing that God says, this is for you. This is my gift to you, this vision, this calling for this thing. Like I said, many times, we become the first kind of one to disqualify ourselves when God puts something in our heart. It's like, oh, God, I, I could never do that. You know, I'm not qualified for that. I don't know enough. I'm too young. You know, I, uh, I've never been trained in that before. I don't think I have that gifting or whatever it is. But, it, but when God puts something into our hearts, He's, he's also saying, now rise up. Not rise up to just the division, but rise up to the perception that I have of you knowing and believing that I say you can do this. That I say you can do this. Over the many years that I've been in ministry, there were many times that God said, 
rise up to this vision, Doug. Rise up to this perception I have of you. There were many times that I could have just sat back down and have said, no, I, I, I can't do that. Most of everything that I have ever done, whether it was youth ministry, children's ministry, nursery ministry, you know, campus ministry, pastoring a church, I had never done before in my life. And I felt like I was unequipped. felt like I was, uh, did not have the experience or whatever. And I tried, I tried to argue with God many times, and God says, I'm not going to hear it. What you're saying does not disqualify you. Because when I put a vision within you, I put myself within you too. Something that we need to remember. That when God breathes vision, it's because he's already living on the inside of you. And because he lives on the inside of you, he says that I'm going to do this through you. And that's the beautiful thing about it, isn't it? That no matter what God calls us to, man, we can be victorious. We can be successful in it. Because he lives on the inside of us and that he says, I can do it. I can do it. I want to share with you a great example out of the book of Jeremiah. This is God's call to Jeremiah when he was a young man. Most people think that he was probably a young teenager when he received this call from the Lord, this this prompting from God of saying, I'm calling you out to do this. This is Jeremiah chapter 1, and it's verses 5 through 10. We're going to just kind of take it a verse at a time here. But this is what he says to young Jeremiah. He says, before I shaped you in the womb, Jeremiah, I knew all about you. Now, this comes out of the Message Bible. I looked at a number of different versions. All of them are great. But there's something about this. I just loved it. That in the way it stated it, and, and it goes right in line with all the other versions, whether it's King James, America Standard, Living, uh, uh, ESV, or whatever it is. He says, but before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Now, I want you, as I read this, receive this this morning for yourself, okay? Because God is saying to you also this morning, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Wow. Could that be true for you? Well, of course it is. I believe it was true for Jeremiah. Because, see, God has holy plans for every one of us. We're, we're a part of his family. A part of his family. You know, I have three children, and every one of them had hopes and dreams for them hopes and dreams of what they would like to do in life. And I'm so very proud of every one of them because they're, they're, they belong to me. They're my children. And so God says that because you belong to me, before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. And for Jeremiah, it was a prophet to the nations. And here he is, a young kid, 11, 12 years old maybe, maybe early, maybe younger than that. I'm not sure. But here's God speaking to Jeremiah, and he says, I have called you to be a prophet to the nations. And this is, this I love this, this is Jeremiah's response. God says, I've called you to be a prophet to the nation. That's what I had in mind for you, he says. Wow. That's what I had in mind for you. 
But I said, Jeremiah, hold it, Master God. Look at me. I don't know anything. How many of you ever said those words before? <laughs> when God puts something in your heart, when you sense maybe an urging from the Lord to step out, to, to do something, to be a part of a dream team, you know, to, to, to go and pray for someone, whatever it might be, the first thing is that I don't know anything. And that's what Jeremiah said. He said, God, look at me. He said, look, look who you're talking to, God. You know, did you get to, did you get the wrong address today? Have you ever thought that way? God said, surely, uh, you, you, you got mixed up today. Surely you came to the wrong address when you came to my house. But he says, he says, hold it, master. God, look at me. I don't know anything. I'm only a boy. And what is God's response? He said, oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. You're only a boy. You don't know anything. Well, I'm so sorry. I made a huge mistake. Please forgive me. You know, I'll find a better person. I'll find, a, I'll find an older person. So was it God's response at all, was it? God says, don't say I'm only a boy. You ever, your mom or your dad heard you say something, they say, don't say that. When that, when that comes, I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty emphatic, pretty important, pretty serious. And God says, don't say I'm only a boy. Because what came out of the heart of God for Jeremiah, the gift that came out of God's heart, the dream, the vision, the calling, the perception that God have Jer- had of Jeremiah even before he was born. I want to tell you, God says, I don't look at you being only a boy. It doesn't matter. Because what I think and what I say matters. And what I see matters. And he goes on, the next slide, and, I'll, and God says this, because he's called him to be a prophet, and he says this, I'll tell you where to go, and you'll go there. And I'll tell you what to say, and you'll say it. He's, I love this. Is don't be afraid of a soul. I'll be right there looking after you. God's promise to you always, always, when he calls you into something. He calls you to live out your dream. He calls you to step into a vision, and it may be several things in that vision. God is saying, I'll always be right there looking after you. Always. Jeremiah hears these words. Okay, God's going to show me where to go. God's going to tell me what to say. Not only that, God is going to be right there with me. And God reached out, it says, and touched my mouth and said, Look, I've just put my words in your mouth, hand delivered. I love that. I love that. When God calls you, he never leaves out anything. He never leaves out giftings. He never leaves out provision. He never leaves out wisdom. He never leaves out anything. God says that I am going to hand deliver everything that you need to walk in this path and to walk this way. I'll tell you, I believe some of you are sitting here today and there's been something that's been percolating in your heart for a while and you've been afraid to step out, afraid that you're going to be all by yourself, all alone. 
And I want to encourage you this morning, you'll never be alone. You'll never be alone. No matter how small it may seem to be right now, it won't remain that way. You know, I started changing diapers. That was my call to ministry, <laughs> was changing diapers. I'm still changing diapers, but the people are a little bit older now, okay? It seems to be. <laughs> Sometimes I have to change my own, okay? <laughs> but I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that God says that he's going to be right there and he's going to hand deliver everything you need. And I want to encourage you as we step into this new season for our church, it's a step of faith, guys. I want to tell you, it really is. Because I, I don't believe all that God wants to do out of harvest is just within another service. But I want to tell you, if we don't step there, we will not get to where we're going, where God wants to take us. Because I believe that God has, cho- has chosen us as take us. Because I believe that God has, cho- has chosen us, as well as other churches in this city, to affect the culture here in Richmond. To bring the kingdom of God here to this city and surrounding areas. Now, I want to tell you that just as, uh, as in many steps along the way, we had to take those steps. And, and beginning this next service is one of those steps. And if we don't take that step as this church, we will not walk into the full vision of what God has for us. And I want to tell you, it's going to take more effort. It's going to take more help. It's going to take more money. It's going to take all of these things. But I know that we can do it. And I know that God is right here with us. And I know that he will hand deliver everything we, he need, we need, but he'll do it through you and he'll do it through me. Amen? And then the, the last thing here, as we continue in Jeremiah chapter 1, 5 through 10, he says, see what I've done? I've given you a job to do among the nations and governments, Jeremiah, a red letter day. Wow. God loves red letter days. Your job is to pull up and to tear down, take apart and demolish, and to start over building and planting. And that's exactly what, as you follow the book of Jeremiah, that's exactly what he did in that nation during that time. But I love this. He says, I've given you a job to do among the nations and governments a red letter day. Let me ask you this morning, what is it? What is the job that God has given you? What is it that God is saying? That if you will, by faith, step out into this area, this will be your red-letter day. This will be your red-letter day. Now, like I said before, our perception, what God says is our red-letter day and what we think it is many times are two different things. I believe that many times we, we back off of the very thing that God wants to step into and that God has prepared it, he's made it ready, he's caused it in such a way that you will succeed. He has caused it in such a way of what he has done and what he is going to do through you that it will be successful. But our perception of what God says, this is your red-letter day, is not the same. And I want to tell you, there, there is a unique tie, a unique um, a joining of your perception of your red-letter day whether you do it or not, 
and the perception of yourself. I'll say that again when you get this. I believe that our best days are ahead for our church. I believe our best days are ahead for everyone in this room. But whether you rise up, as Graham Cook said, when that vision, that perception goes out, whether you're going to rise up to that or not is dependent upon how you see yourself. Is dependent upon you. It's dependent upon whether you feel like, well, Lord, because you say it, God, I can do it. God, you've called me to this. You will equip me along the way. You'll teach me. You'll, I'll learn. I'll get wisdom, God. I'll probably fail at times, but I will get back up and I will do it again and I'll do it again better. And, uh, and God, I am going to reach what you tell me to reach for and I'm going to do it. But our perception of our red letter day, whether we will ever walk in that or not, always reverts back to the way that we see ourselves. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What a powerful verse. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. I wrote this under the that you cannot consistently act in a manner which is opposed to the way you see yourself. If God says, this is the path I want you to walk, this is the opportunity I give for you, but you don't see yourself walking in that place, you'll never do it. You cannot consistently act in a manner which is opposed to the way you see yourself. And you look through the Word of God, <clears throat> and some of the, the most incredible, amazing, successful men and women of God started out and they battled with the perception, God's perception of themselves and their own perception of themselves. And there had to be a transformation that would take place. The renewing of your mind. Where you begin to speak about yourself the way that God speaks about you. It's so very important. And as we step into this new season, this red letter day for ourselves... We must, we have to talk about ourselves or talk about the vision that God has for us the way he talks about it. And we'll never walk into that. You know, I think about people like Abraham, Abram. God says, listen, I'm, I'm going to take you out. I'm taking you away from your family to a place that you don't know, to a place that you have to trust me, that I'm going to lead you there. And there was something within Abram that had to, God, the perception is that nobody ever leaves their family in our culture. But you're telling me to do something that nobody does. But then later on, because God says, if you will do this, he says, all the nations in the earth will be blessed because of you. I mean, what if God says something like to you? Yeah? Yeah, all, if you follow me and you do what I say, all the nations in the earth will be blessed because of that one decision. How powerful is that? To know of your impact and your influence into other lives and nations 
is dependent upon whether you come into alignment and you rise up to the perception that God has of you and the calling that he has for you. And there came, had to come a point in time with Abram and Sarah because they had no children, you know. You know, we all know the story. Had no children, no promise that they would ever have children because they were too old. But yet God keeps saying, you're going to be the father of many nations and begins to show them. Let me give you, let me give you, let me show you what I see, you know, because I know that all the children that you're going to have, it's like the stars in the sky. It's like the sand pebbles on the seashore. That's my perception. And they had to make a choice. God, we, we cannot see it right now. It doesn't make any sense right now. But God, we believe you. We trust you. And there is a point for every one of us when God calls us. And for every one of us when he says, this is what I've chosen for you to do. That you look at it and you say, God, it just doesn't measure up in my perception. But you have to make a choice. Am I going to rise up to God's perception? Will I choose by faith to rise up to what God's perception is? And Abram had to do that. You know, they thought it was so ridiculous. Sarah laughed when she heard what God said. She just laughed. Then later she lied to God. When God says, you know, you laughed. Oh, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. He says, I was there. I heard you. Well, maybe I laughed a little bit, you know. (laughs) But whether it was Abram, whether it was Gideon, whether it was Gideon, when God goes to him and says, you're a mighty warrior, Gideon's just like, I don't know who you're talking to, but it's not me. Because the perception that he had that time because of his past. I want to tell you, we all have to move beyond our past. Move beyond whatever was dealt to you in life. Because in God, all things become new, he says. That you are a recreated being in him. And Gideon had to come to the place of saying, I will change the perception that I have of myself and I will rise up and I will walk in the perception that you have for me. Joshua had to do the same thing. Joshua was scared to death. But God kept saying, Joshua, you're the man. You're the man. You're the man of courage. You're the man of might. You're the man of power. You have great courage, Joshua. You have great courage when Joshua said, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. God said, no, my perception of you, Joshua, I see you as a man, as a leader, as a leader of great courage. And Joshua had to make a choice. Will I rise up to God's perception of me? And I will, will I become the man that God says that I can be? I want to tell you this morning, God has a perception of every one of you. And it's beyond what you have of yourself right now. I can guarantee you that. It's always beyond. It's beyond your provision. It's beyond your gifting. It's beyond your talent. It's beyond your experience. And it's beyond your failures and mistakes. So many times we allow our failures and mistakes hold us back. Never been proofed in the Word of God anywhere where because of your mistakes and your failures 
that you couldn't fulfill God's call upon your life. God's perception of you, guys, is, is your red-letter day. It's your red-letter day. Next week, I want to talk about how to rise up to God's vision and perception of you. There are some very important things that we can do. And as we, as we come into agreement with God, that we can rise up to God's perception, to God's vision, to God's dream that he has for us. And I don't know about you, but I do not want to stand before the Lord one day and for God to say, Doug, you did pretty good. But there was so much more. So much more that you could have, you could have walked into. But, you know, because of your you, 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 you looked at your past failures. You looked at your, you let fear hold you back. And what my dream was for you, what my gift was for you, you didn't walk in that. Now, I'm glad to have you here. <laughs> I'm glad you're with me. But there was so much more that I wanted to do through you. I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to hear those words. I don't want to hear those words. You know, I, I want to, man, I'll tell you, I, I would rather go for it and fail and fail and fail than not to go for it at all. Because I know in my failing, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to get this thing figured out with God's help. Guys, happy Valentine's Day. I'll tell you. God's love gift today for you is his dream, his dream, his vision for you. We are going to, over the next several weeks, continue to cast vision, cast vision, because we believe you're supposed to be a part of that because you're here. And it's this vision, this collective vision, as we rise up to this collective vision and we walk out, we're going to see God do phenomenal things in our midst. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Can we all stand? Thank you, Father. How many of you would say today that you're ready to walk into your red letter day? That you're ready to rise up, rise up to the vision and perception that God has for you? If that's you, just put your hand up high and say, God, that's me. I want to. God, Father, I just thank you right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, God, you see our response this morning. You see, Daddy, that God, that we're saying, listen, God, I, I don't even know how to do it. But, God, I respond, I will rise up. And I know because I rise up, you will be there with me. And you will walk with me and you'll put your words in my mouth and you'll put me in the right path and you'll show me where to go and what to say and what to do, God, because that's what you do. That's what you do. And I thank you, Father, that greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. And I thank you, Father, that you have put something within me to affect lives, to affect other people. And to bring forth the kingdom of God. And to 
to walk out and extend and bring the kingdom of God 